0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Friday, June the 11th, 2021. Today's show, we continue along with our 2021 Opponent Preview Series, guys. Today, we break down... The Tennessee Volunteers, the Gamecocks' Week 6 opponent as South Carolina travels to Rocky Top to take on UT. Guys, we'll break down the Vols in their entirety. We'll talk their brand-new head coach, how they fared a season ago, best returning players on offense and defense, as well as give an overall outlook on Tennessee football for the 2021 season, as well as the game between South Carolina and the Vols. We've also got news and notes, guys. Got a packed show Here on a Friday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention that companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company. They're a moving services company, and they're also employee owned co-op. The movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys. So a Gamecock owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. Of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That's upstatemoversgroup.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it. hey TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, roast the Spurs Up show as always. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We have got a packed show. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. I think I'm past the point of surprise. It never ceases to amaze me just how much Gamecock fans hate the University of Tennessee. I mean, it is. it is for some people. Tennessee is the most Hated team for them, even beyond Clemson, which is wild to me. You know, I was talking to a couple people about this show and, you know, Tennessee being the next team up for the opponent previews and stuff like that. And, I mean, people just have a sincere distaste. I mean, wishing ill will on the group of folks in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I I can't say I'm big fans of them or that I approve of them or that I like them. But, man, it is kind of crazy. But I'm past the point of surprise because, again, We're all too familiar with South Carolina, Tennessee, that history between the two schools, the games, all that good stuff. But again, we are breaking down Tennessee today. First things first, guys, again, happy Friday. Hope this show finds you well, whether you're on the commute, you're in the office, you're on the job, you've got the day off. Maybe you're on vacation. Maybe you're starting the weekend early, whatever it might be. When you guys are hearing this, by the way, you're hearing the sound of my voice. I am on the beach today. So, uh, taking a little time to relax, soaking up some sun, hanging by the water, little quick beach trip. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in, guys. Truly appreciate the love and support. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. Um, quick reminder before we get going on the content side of things, in case you missed it, I think the Daily Crow, by the way, I'll start there. I think the Daily Crow, we're going to continue to go five shows a week, because why not? I truly love doing it. You guys continue to tune in. So we'll continue to rock with the Daily Crow. Of course, going into next week, as you all know, things are going to slow down a little bit content-wise just because baseball season is over. We no longer have baseball to talk about, unfortunately, and we're into the peaks of the preseason when it comes to football. Notice I did not say offseason, the preseason for kind of football, so the podcast will scale back from five shows a week to two shows a week, and that is how we will operate moving forward, guys, honestly, probably until the middle of August, maybe even the week of kickoff for the first game, so that's going to be the new schedule moving forward for the next two months or so, because again, guys, like I told you, just in the preseason, there's not nearly as much going on, and I know that you guys understand, but again, We'll continue to make content. We're also going to bring back the NCAA streams and simulations, and we're going to do Dynasty mode with South Carolina. So really excited for the fact this is going to give us a lot of time and opportunity to produce new content or different content or try things with content. So no worries, guys. As you all know, you know the drill at this point. The content is going to keep rolling. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs, But just a quick update starting next week. Podcast scaling back five shows a week to two shows a week. And those two shows will drop Monday, Thursday of every single week, Monday, Thursday. So just want to let you guys know before we get going. But hey, we're talking here on a Friday and we're talking college football and we're talking South of football as we continue with the 2021 opponent preview series. Guys, today we are breaking down the Tennessee Volunteers. The Gamecocks go on the road Saturday, October the 9th to Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee, to take on the Vols. Guys, all-time series record in this one. Tennessee with a comfortable lead, leads this one 27-10-2. and And this was a series that, like many others in the SEC East, was, I mean, extremely lopsided, extremely one-sided. And then a guy named Steve Spurrier was hired. And all of a sudden, I mean, really, guys, from 2010 to 2020, you feel like South Carolina, for the most part, dominated Tennessee. I mean, At least it felt that way. South Carolina was getting the better of Tennessee year after year after year. Now you look all of a sudden, Tennessee's won a few in a row. You think to yourself, okay, what's got to change? But overall, Tennessee leading this one 27-10-2. and two. The last meeting between the two schools, like I told you guys, last season, the season opener. Who can forget that freaking heartbreak, 31 to 27. And oh, man, it's it's hard to even talk about that one. A heartbreaking game in the season opener for 2020 at Williams Bryce Stadium. But again, Gamecocks falling in that one 31 27. The 2020 record for Tennessee. And what a strange year it was. Three and seven for the Vols, And the crazy thing is they won their first two games. I'm going to get that. We're going to get to that more in just a second here later in the show. Let's talk about Tennessee's head coach because, hey, that's the big storyline for the Vols coming in this season. As Josh Heupel, former UCF head man, takes over in his first year. And can he revitalize and re-energize a Tennessee football program that is so desperately looking to get back to what it once was? And it's crazy. Tennessee football hasn't been Tennessee football since, like, what, the early 2000s? I mean, the recruits now, kids that are literally being recruited, they have never seen Tennessee football really be worth a damn so Josh Heupel especially going up against the NCAA sanctions and everything going on in Knoxville it's kind of a mess right now Josh Heupel will look to be the guy following up Jeremy Pruitt which you know what guys I was not that surprised that Jeremy Pruitt did not have a ton of success there but I'll tell you this I don't think I've ever seen a coach go from so liked and all the momentum, all this positive momentum. I mean, after he beat South Carolina and they beat Mizzou in week two, 35 to 12, I mean, you'd have thought, hey, he's going to get an extension. He's going to be there forever. This fan base loves him. To all of a sudden, Tennessee lost, what, six games in a row? Yeah, one, two, three, four. Yeah, six games in a row. And that was no more. All of that momentum he had built, gone. Jeremy Pruitt, fired. Josh Heupel, you are in. And, of course, that is the big storyline as the hypo era gets underway in Knoxville. Like I said, guys, how did they fare a season ago? Well, let's go down the list. Let's go down the schedule. Of course, they opened with South Carolina and beat the Gamecocks, then beat Missouri to open up 2-0. and So you're thinking to yourself, like I said, 2020 season, oh, Tennessee's going to be really good, whatever. They then proceed to lose to Georgia. They get blown out against Kentucky at home. And that's when you're like, uh-oh, things are going south quick. They then lose at Ark, or excuse me, they didn't lose to Alabama in blowout fashion. They lose at Arkansas, at Auburn, Florida at home. They then finally snap a six-game losing streak by beating Vanderbilt, forty-two to seventeen, before closing out their season, losing to Texas A&M, thirty-four to thirteen. So, long story short, it was a very rough year in Knoxville, and. The Jarrett Garantano era finally came to an end, mercifully enough, for Tennessee fans. I mean, that that was you know we had uh, we had we had Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast on the show a couple weeks ago, and he literally said Jarrett Garantano lost Jeremy Pruitt's job for him. I mean, that's hey, call it for what it is. So again, a rough year in Knoxville, three and seven in 2020. But again, they do bring back some talent. We'll start there, and then I'll dive deeper into this UT team, best returning players on offense and defense and we'll start offensively and when you look at Josh Heupel's offense it is a pass heavy they want to go quick up tempo throw it over the yard kind of what everyone is doing in college football these days right they 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 want to spread it out and throw the football and one of the guys that should benefit from that greatly and I'll be honest with you guys like I said there's some talent but Not a lot of productions returning for Tennessee on both sides of the ball. Just two starters return offensively and five return defensively. So, seven total starters returning. That's not a lot and only two offensively. But the one guy and one guy that I think is going to benefit from Josh Heupel and his new scheme and his new system greatly is actually a local product here in South Carolina and someone you guys are going to know very, very well when you hear the name, wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Hyatt last year, 20 catches, 276 yards, two touchdowns. But again, I think those numbers will skyrocket this year. Listen to what Athlon Sports said about Jalen Hyatt. They listed him as their rising star. And they said Jalen Hyatt is a game breaking wide receiver who barely got to show his full skills under Tennessee's old offensive system, partly due to lackluster quarterback play. He might benefit more than anyone on Tennessee's roster from the coaching change. So again, you hear it right there. I think Jalen Hyatt, a kid, it's it still befuddles me that the Gamecocks did not recruit him harder, that they did not get after him harder, they did not get him. I mean, how do you let a kid from Dutch Fork literally go up to Tennessee, an SEC East rival? I don't know. That's a topic for another show, for another day. But either way, Jalen Hyatt, I think, going to be a really, really nice player on that Tennessee offense. The question's going to be who is throwing him the football. That that's probably going to be the the biggest thing for him. But Jalen Hyatt, a really, really good wide receiver, and hey. As far as the local product thing, I know Jason Barnes, our guy who's been on the show, he loves to see it. I love to see it. You love to see those kids flourishing, but uh, just don't do it against the Gamecocks. So, again, Jalen Hyatt, I think the best returning player on that Tennessee offense. When you look at the defensive side of things, you know, again, a lot of losses, and they, they lose Henry Toto, who probably would have been the best returning guy, but, of course, he goes to Alabama. I mean, the rich get richer. What can you really say? But when you take a look at the best returning player for UT defensively, you've got to look in that secondary. And Elante Taylor, the defensive back, 29 tackles, two tackles for loss, one interception, and a senior. And he's going to be a key piece of this Tennessee team in regards to setting the culture for Josh Heupel and keeping that thing together and being a veteran leader. For that reason, again, I think he's the best returning player on defense. He leads that defense also in that secondary Uh, Trayvon Flowers is another senior, really good player. But Elante Taylor, to me, also should be an NFL guy, probably a day one guy when it comes down to it. But again, cornerback Elante Taylor, the best returning player on Tennessee's defense. Now, when it comes to the overall outlook of Tennessee football going into this 2021 season, what an interesting set of circumstances. Because, hey, uh, you know, you look at South Carolina and South Carolina and Tennessee, are in a very, very similar boat. Hey, a new era beginning in both cities. A new era beginning for both programs. But Tennessee's situation is much, much different. Because when you are handing McDonald's bags full of money to kids and you've got NCAA sanctions and those things, Josh Heupel's job, I think, is much tougher than Shane Beamer's job is. And I'll be honest with you guys. You know, a lot of people have told me this preseason – You know, again, we just started doing these these opponent previews. But a lot of people said, Chris, Tennessee is a complete dumpster fire. They're a complete dumpster fire. And, you know, I agreed passively because I hadn't done any research on Tennessee and we'd seen the losses and stuff. But when you actually take time, like I have done, to look at Tennessee and their roster and who they have coming back and what they lost, I mean, it is a depleted roster up on Rocky Top. I mean, they are hurting, guys. They have no clue who their quarterback's going to be. You know, I mean, your leading receiver returning, like I said, Jalen Hyatt, 276 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, your leading rusher had 26 carries for 117, 117 yards and no touchdowns. That's your returning leader. So, and then defensively, you know, they're going to be bad on defense. There's just no other way to put it. They're going to be bad defensively. Tennessee, if they can get to a bowl game in year one, it's just like South Carolina, like I said. And their 2021 schedule, actually, guys, let's read it off here. It actually sets up fairly decently for them. Bowling Green, Pittsburgh, Tennessee Tech, then at Florida, at Mizzou, then that home game against South Carolina, then Ole Miss, at Alabama, at Kentucky, Georgia, South Alabama, and Vandy. So there are some very, very winnable games. I mean, you look at Bowling Green should be a win. South Alabama should be a win. I mean, probably vandy should be a win let's throw that one in there tennessee tech certainly there's four right there pittsburgh at home i think you'd feel good about um and then from there it's where do you find that sixth win is it south carolina is it old miss is it uh at kentucky so getting to six wins again just like south kind of that is going to be the number one priority but Unlike the Gamecocks, who I think actually do return a decent roster with a lot of talent and, and guys that maybe we have not seen them peak or seen the best version of them, this is a depleted roster. This is a roster that is hurting. And Josh Heupel is going to have his work cut out for him, along with the offensive coordinator, Alex Golish, the defensive coordinator, Tim Banks. I mean, they're going to have their work cut out for him. Because you look, I mean, heck, guys, I almost made the best returning player on offense for Tennessee this year an offensive lineman. like. That's how bad things are. And again, you factor in the sanctions and the transfer portal. And I mean, the transfer portal killed Tennessee. I mean, you lose your best player on defense to Alabama, your hated rival. Things are not going well for you. Now, when it comes to this game and the outlook of this game overall, my question is this is just simply can the Gamecocks take advantage? of Tennessee struggles, because I don't feel confident enough right now, I don't think, and like I said, I'll lock this in in a few weeks, but I don't think I feel confident enough right now to put this just, oh, in the win bucket. Like, guys, listen, I understand Tennessee's a mess. I understand Tennessee is a dumpster fire, but Neyland Stadium going on the road there has been a house of horrors for South Carolina. Guys, in your history, you have three all-time wins in that stadium. And that's not to say it can't be done this year. I am not saying that at all. This is very much a game where, hey, you want to get to six wins. This is kind of one of those swing games you probably have to have, right? Or you really need to have. I'll say that. But nealon has been a house of horrors. And, you know, with that hypo offense, if they can find the quarterback, they might have just enough to give South Carolina problems on the outside. Again, I think Gamecock fans should be confident in this one. There's no question. Hey, you'll be coming off that game against Troy, where you should be able to take care of business. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. And you're getting into week six of the season. By week six, which will be the halfway point, you feel like you should be clicking. You should be starting to click. At this point, you should know who your guys are, who your playmakers are, who you can depend on, offensively, defensively, special teams, everything in every phase of the game. But I think this is an important game for South Carolina, man. You know, for the longest, like I mentioned earlier, when Steve Spurrier got hired, you really felt like you passed Tennessee as a program in a lot of ways because you kept beating them so consistently. You were starting to steal kids that normally would have went to Tennessee. They were coming to South Carolina. And you feel like, okay, this is a hurdle we have have climbed over. This is a hurdle we have crossed. You know, we're not behind Tennessee anymore. It's not the big, bad, big three of Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. We have inserted ourselves in that big three, and Tennessee is behind us. And I said this before the game last year, how important it was, because you lost to them in 2019, and it was ugly. And I said going in the game last year, like, okay, if you beat Tennessee this year, I think you can still justify you're ahead of them as a program. But if you lose that game, and all of a sudden, it's back to a two-game winning streak with the Vols, you can't. You can't because Tennessee is going to get the benefit of the doubt more than South Carolina is, right? Even this season, even this season, hey, Athlon's got to pick. And, guys, the reason, by the way, I reference Athlon is because I use Athlon, the magazine, to pull a lot of information. Very helpful, so shout out to those guys. But even Athlon is picking Tennessee to go 6-6 six and six this year, even with the troubles, even with the struggles, even with it being a dumpster fire. They ain't picking the Gamecocks to go 6-6. Six and six. That's because Tennessee is just going to get more of the benefit of the doubt than South Carolina is. So, I mean, South Carolina, I think, to, to justify or, or convince people that the Gamecocks are ahead of Tennessee as a program, it probably takes twice as long a winning streak as it would take Tennessee to convince people that they're ahead of South Carolina because people just think of historically and the tradition and all that, which none of that matters, but you get my, you get my point. So I think this is a really big game for South Carolina. And, you know, starting the Beamer era off on the right foot in regards to establishing, hey, we are ahead of Tennessee as a program. We are not lacking. We are not behind the Vols. It's important for recruiting. It's important for SEC East hierarchy because you're already dealing with Georgia and Florida. Hey, Mizzou's making an argument. Kentucky's making an argument. As many teams as you can leapfrog, because it's all about the chase of the top, right? That's where we're all trying to get. But as many teams as you can leapfrog in the process, And how do you do that? How do you leapfrog them? By beating them on the field. We can all sit here and say how much of a dumpster fire UT is and how they suck and they're a joke and, you know, the whole McDonald's bag jokes, but you better beat them on the field. You better beat them on the field. And the thing that makes me nervous about this one, like I said, you just, you have not played your best football in Knoxville many times. I mean, heck, when you have one there, I mean, it's been uncomfortably close. It has been uncomfortably close. Guys, think about it. I can I can recall the three wins right now. 2017, right? Was it 2017? Se- yes, yeah, 17. You go there and you have to get a stop on fourth down on the last play of the game. 2011, you won 14-3. So I guess, quote-unquote, dominating fashion, but 14-3, you win that one. And the one before that was 2005. You kicked a field goal with like three minutes left for your first ever win in Knoxville. So, I want to see the Gamecocks go on the road and play their best football against a Tennessee team that, like I said, you're going to match up with them pretty well. UT has, if you think South Carolina's got a lot of question marks, bro, UT has got question marks everywhere. Tennessee's got question marks all over the field and all over the program, too. So, This is the year to take advantage. This is the year to leapfrog them and jump them. And, hey, you go on the recruiting trail. Hey, we're ahead of Tennessee as a program. Tennessee's in our rear view. That's just another team you can beat recruiting when you take care of your business on the field. So this game is big. It's important for many, many different reasons. We'll see if the Gamecocks can take advantage of a struggling volunteers program. But, again, first year, Josh Heupel. Will he be the guy? Is he the answer? to the struggles they had. Can he get Tennessee football back to prominence or even close to back to what it once was? Going to be interesting to see for sure. Uh, guys, one quick note, uh, just my thoughts We're really the indoor facility getting a major upgrade. Shane Beamer giving a facelift to the indoor. Incredible stuff. Shane Beamer continues to crush the honeymoon phase, which I don't think any of us were surprised, by the way, because there were some obvious graphics you needed to remove and change. But Shane Beamer just continues to crush it. Obviously, recruiting, rolling full speed. They are absolutely getting after it, and you absolutely love to see it. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Hey, what a week. Guys, thank you all so much for making this week a huge success from the podcast, the Daily Crow, to the content, everything. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you again so much. I'm so extremely grateful for each and every single one of you. That takes any time to tune into the show, tune into the content. I mean, it means the absolute world to me, man, and... and You guys are what make this thing go. You know, I say it over and over, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I truly do appreciate it, guys. Hey, thank you so much for spending your Friday with me. Go enjoy yourself. Have a weekend. Drink a cold one. Kick your feet up, whatever it may be. You deserve it. Thanks so much, guys. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.